0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. So, I'm excited to share with you today on this concept of modern day Eden. And um, the Old Testament tends to become something that we avoid a lot. Uh, because we don't understand a lot of it, because it seems weird, because it's almost like there's a different God of the Old Testament than there is of the New Testament. And, and all these things confuse us, and it's, it's different, and, and we avoid it a lot. But literally everything we believe, know, and represent must be established in Genesis, in the Old Testament, or it can't, be a, it can't be a truth. It can't be, it has to have its originality here. So I wanna deal with some of that and I wanna talk about the church today and uh, we're gonna learn about the church today based on the Old Testament. We learn in Genesis chapter one that God comes on the scene and it says, the earth is without form and void. It's a chaotic mess. It's lifeless. It's desolate. It's all these things. This is how God comes upon this place and this is what it looks like. Uh, but what's awesome is, in Genesis 2 and 8, it says, the Lord, God plant, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Now, I want you to understand something because I grew up a lot of my life just assuming that when God came down and created everything, that the, world of, the majority of the world was like the Garden of Eden. But technically, the Garden of Eden wasn't even all of Eden. It was just one spot in Eden. And this garden was the perfect representation of heaven. It was perfect in every way. Uh, So we understand by this scripture that the rest of the world was not like the Garden of Eden. The garden was perfect. The garden was where God chose to come and walk with Adam. In verse nine, we read that the garden is where God grew trees that were pleasant to sight and good for food. This is also where God placed the spring that became four rivers and went out to give life to everything. And last, but certainly not least, it was the place that God brought everything to be named. All this happened in the garden. So I think it's no stretch of the imagination to realize that the garden was a very important place. It was a very specific place. So looking at this, the garden, we find out in Genesis 2 and 9 is where he put the trees that were good for food. If you wanted something good to eat, you had to come to the garden. It's where God brought the animals to be named. If something needed identity, it had to come to the garden. It's where God placed the spring that turned into rivers that watered all the land. The garden was the only place that could give life. So the garden... Is this perfect representation, or can I say, representing of heaven? Uh, one, just the awesome way I've thought to look at it is, we know that Lucifer was in heaven for a long time, and he was what we call the worship leader of heaven. And all worship would come through him to God, and he would create this awesome worship for God, and he would lead them in this place. Well, at one point, Lucifer decides, you know what? I should just give all this worship to myself. It should be about me. Why do I have to keep giving it to God? Well, we all know what happens. He gets kicked out of heaven. He ends up here on earth. Then all of a sudden we see the earth has become chaotic without form, without void. It's become this place. And God said, you know what? I kicked you out of a place called heaven because you weren't worthy to be in that place and everything that it represented was me. Now I'm gonna come in your backyard on earth and create another place that looks just like the place I kicked you out of. So this was the goal of the garden. God shows up and creates this perfect place. See, the thing is, it wasn't just a safety zone for for Adam to just hang out in. It wasn't this this little abode that God created Adam and said, all right, this is your garden, this is perfect, and you just hang out here and nothing will go wrong and nothing will be against you and all these things. No, the garden was just a small place of an entire earth. So we look at what did... I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, guys. So we look at this garden, and we realize that Eden became on earth as it is in heaven. It was the perfect representation. It was everything that was God wrapped up and placed in this small little area on earth, this small little spot God had created. What's awesome, though, is God didn't just leave it like that. He didn't just say, okay, here's your garden, Adam. Now you just hang out and be chill and you get to enjoy all this goodness. No, what he told Adam to do was now I want you to multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So, what, so I, I'm just the type where I have to know what everything means. So I begin to look at subdue, which is to overcome or bring under control by force. So God told Adam, I'm going to put you in this perfect place that represents heaven. And your job is to make all of the rest of the earth look like this place. See, I've given you garden where you'll be, you'll have, we learned you'll have sustenance. You'll get identity. It's where all life comes from. And now I want you to use this place to begin to make everything else resemble this place. That all the rest of the earth would look just like this representation of heaven that I've given you. So this was Adam's mission. This was Adam's goal. So what we see is this was the garden. There was one place that was perfect. It was beautiful. It was green. It was flourishing. The rest of the land we learn was desolate, chaotic. It was a mess. There was no life. So God said, God comes and creates Adam who we know was called a tender. It was his job to tend to it. He was a gardener. So his job was to make the rest of the earth be as productive and fruitful and full of life just like the garden. So God said, this is what I've given you. I've given you the garden. Here's the goal. He's given Adam this small little piece that looks like heaven and said, all right, Adam, now it's your job to make the rest look like it. So you have the garden and you have the goal. This was the design of the garden. I feel like we've, we've lost an understanding of what the garden really was and we just see it as some really cool story in the Old Testament where everything began. And the only thing we know about the garden is where it's where Satan showed up and tricked us and then everything went to no good. So that's all we know about the garden, but if you don't understand the beginning of everything, then you can't understand the purpose of anything. Oh, come on. If you can't understand how it began, then you'll never understand its purpose. You have to realize that God started in the very beginning. I'm talking, we're in Genesis 1 and 2, and the establishment and the things he makes right here sets up his design and his plan for all of earth, all of mankind, and all of eternity. This is the design. This is what we get to look at. So God said, I've created this place in heaven's backyard that looks just like heaven and I want you to make everything else look just like it. He didn't just create a place for Adam to hang out. It wasn't just a place for him to chill and be safe and get comfortable. He said, no, there's there's a mandate, there's a mission. There's a goal here. See, I'm all about relationship and relationship is number one and nothing else can come before relationship. But the problem is, we think the garden's only objective was relationship. But it wasn't. He didn't say, multiply, fill the earth, and hang out with me all the time. No, he said, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Overcome it by force. Take it and make it look like what I've given you. So the gift that has been given us is what we should be causing everything around us to begin to look like. Eden was heaven on earth. It was the representation of everything that was the father. So let's look. Adam's mission was to subdue via reproducing. How do we know? Because God told him, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. There's a reason there's this order. God told Adam and Eve to begin to reproduce after their own kind. They had to reproduce someone that would be just like them because without the reproducing there could be no subduing. See if the I'm not I'm not going there yet. Slow down. See the thing is Adam wouldn't be able to overcome and bring under control the rest of the earth by himself. It would be impossible. There's no possible way just Adam and Eve by themselves could tend to How many in here have a garden? Wow, one person. I don't feel so bad now. (laughs) Well, I was growing up. My parents had a garden for a little while. And it's work. Matter of fact, me and Courtney planted a couple trees in our yard. We planted four. I've got one that's still alive. So I'm not a great tender. But our original design by God was to be a tender. And there is no possible way one man could tend all of the earth. There's no way one man could tend 10,000 acres. But you have to have someone, you have to re- reproduce someone that thinks like you, acts like you, talks has the same goal as you and the same mission as you. Because then if, if I can tend one acre and then I bring on Russ and he can tend another acre and we both have the same goal and mission and design, then all of a sudden, I'm tending twice what I could do on my own. What is the scripture? One could send a 1,000 to fly, two, 10,000. Do you see the picture here? See, the problem is, people are trying to change communities without reproducing. If your church is not reproducing after its own kind, then you don't have the manpower to tend a whole community oh man, I'm way ahead of myself, let's slow down. So what he had to do was reproduce some others just like him that would walk with God in the cool of the day and then bring order to their designated area until the rest of the world looked like the garden. Y'all getting a picture of this now? We come in the cool of the day. Most people would argue that's the morning. And we spend time with God. And we spend time in his presence and he lets us know the design and the order and the perfect will of God. And then I have a designated area that I have been placed in that it's my job to take that area and begin to make it look like the garden. So then we, get, we, we, we begin to receive a picture of the design that God set up. Adam couldn't bring order and control to the earth apart from walking with God in the garden. How do I know this? Because the minute something goes wrong and God shows up at his normal time every day, all of a sudden when Adam's hiding, everything goes into chaos. So as soon as he decided that the walk with God that morning was no longer as important as it used to be, now all of a sudden, everything changes. This is such an awesome concept. Because Adam had to walk with him in the morning. Moses had to find a place on the mountain. Jesus had to continually seclude himself from everyone else. Am am I just too old school or do we still believe in prayer? Do I still believe that there's no such thing as a microwave ministry? And if you want to be effective and begin to make things look like the garden, you better be finding a place to seclude yourself. You better be walking with him in the cool of the day. You better find a mountain and get on it and seek his face. You better find a way to seclude yourself. It kills me how people just want instant gratification and we want success in our ministry right now. And Paul spent three years secluded from everyone only seeking the face of God before he could come out and say a word. If we don't walk with him in the cool of the day, we don't get to bring order and control to this earth. You will never, quote me, you will never be effective in your designated area if you're not walking with him in the cool of the day. If you haven't been spending time with him daily, don't expect to be effective and don't start asking God why you're not seeing revival where you're at. I'll tell you why we don't see revival where we're at because we've, we've, ne- we've neglected the cool of the day. And I'm just using that as a reference. Your time with God, who knows when it is. I got to go to Scott Bamberg's house the other day and see his prayer closet. And it was just the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, my gosh, I gotta build a little hole in my wall and get in it and pray. It just seems like you'd be closer to God in there. But we, we, we've stepped away from this, 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 this system that's tried. It's battle tested. It's proven that if you wanna be effective, It comes from that relationship and that time in the garden. That time spent walking with him, knowing his heart, knowing his mind, knowing his will. You know, it's pretty awesome to look at, this is just kind of a side note, I guess, that if the goal, if the mission was to subdue, God created a perfect place, but the mission was to subdue. It was to take control by force. That mission started in Adam's own personal heart, because God said, I'm going to plant a tree in the middle of the garden that's going to look good, and it's going to taste good, and every time you see it, it's going to look so good, you're going to want to eat it, but I'm going to tell you, you can't eat it, so you can learn to subdue your own self. Oh, come on. We don't want to preach this no more. Colby Schotz preached a message Wednesday night to our youth on appetite. And if you can't learn to control the appetites that have been placed in you, how can you control anything around you? If you can't rule this kingdom, you'll never rule any other kingdom. And until we start learning like Adam had to do to say, no flesh, you don't get what you want today. No flesh. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to be a part of that. Until we start learning to subdue this kingdom. You know why the earth don't look like heaven? Because we don't look like heaven. And we can't tend the garden around us until we've tended the garden within us. And sometimes tending means saying no. But that's free and that's apart from this. Back on course. So Adam finds himself in this perfect place, this perfect representation of heaven with the mission and the goal to reproduce Multiply, fill the earth, make everything else look like this place, make everything else look like the Garden of Eden. But we know the story. Satan finds his way into the garden, finds the woman, plays on her own inclinations, twists the words of God, takes a shot at her identity and God's identity. And the next thing we know, the fall. Everything happens. The ultimate, you had one job. That's what I want to tell Adam. Come on, bro. You had one job, one job. So the fall takes place. But what's so awesome is this wasn't a loss to God. This wasn't Satan getting the upper hand and God had to go to the drawing board and come up with a new design. And well, if I do it this way now, if I come up with this plan, God didn't freak out. God said, no, my plan remains. And the same plan that he designed from the beginning is the same plan He has for today. And nothing has changed. So let's look at this. Uh, The prophet Ezekiel gives us a glimpse. All the Old Testament is constantly giving us glimpses of Jesus is coming. Jesus is the answer. All these things, all these mysteries that were coming, the Old Testament is just full of it. And here's one glimpse of what, what it was. And Ezekiel 36 says, the desolate land shall be Tealed instead of lying desolate in the sight of those who pass by. Remember when God showed up, everything was desolate. It was without form and void. It was chaos. It was lifeless. So here the land has become desolate. He said, but it'll be tealed instead of being desolate. So they will say this land that was desolate has become what? Now he's prophesying of what would happen in the New Testament. He said, this desolate that has become desolate shall be like the garden of Eden. So God said, my original design is just coming right back around. Jesus is coming right back around to establish the garden that we see in Genesis chapter 1. So the prophet declares this that's coming, this mystery that they didn't understand completely, and says, when this happens, this land that looks desolate will become like the Garden of Eden. So Jesus was coming to restore things back to the Garden of Eden. He was coming to restore the blueprint for earth, which was the garden. So what he did was come back and establish a system of discipleship that would become known as the church and be the Eden of today. Because the goal of the garden was to reproduce after their own kind so that they could subdue and take over. So Jesus comes and establishes a system that's built on reproduction. He said, I'm going to take 12 men and make them just like me. And those 12 men are going to take more and make them just like them. And you see the process of reproduction begin to take place. So then you begin to see what happened. So in reality, the identity of the church is found in the Garden of Eden. So our neglect of the Old Testament garden and the genesis of everything has left us not understanding our own identity today. So because we've avoided the Old Testament and we've avoided some things that we didn't really understand, now what we've done is we've avoided our own identity. And because it was different and because we didn't understand it or whatever the reason may be, we've lost our identity, we've lost our purpose, the church has lost their destiny. Church has become about church and it's become about how big we can build it and how good it can be on Sundays when in reality, The design was the garden, and the garden by nature, without a minute, was supposed to take over everything around it. Everything was supposed to start resembling the church. But in our lack of understanding, it's almost as if the church has started resembling everything around it. What was it that caused the garden to start looking like the land around it? What was it that caused Jerusalem, the the Israelites, the chosen people, what was it that caused them to all of a sudden become like everyone around them? It was when the garden, the, the, the cool of the day, the time with God, the relationship became not important anymore. And when the relationship the prayer, the fasting, the pursuing, the time spent with Him becomes no longer important than we, we step out of our design. And when we're outside of our design, we don't function right and we don't do things right and we're not changing the things around us to look like this place. So the identity of the church is in the garden. And when we understand the, the garden, then we'll start to understand the church then we'll start to understand our purpose. We'll understand our destiny. Uh man, I wish I wrote that down. There's a scripture in Lamentations. I know it's a crazy book and it's one we, like, we almost never read. But there's a scripture in here. Let me find it. I'm not moving on without it. Lamentations 1 and 9 says, she did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. When we don't understand and consider the destiny that has been given to us, only thing left to do is collapse. The only thing left to do is fall. So the church needs to come back to a place where we begin to understand our God-given design and destiny to become what he designed us to be. Just like the garden created the place for relationship, the cross created us a place for relationship. But just like the garden, the relationship came with a mission, just with the cross, the relationship has come with a mission. And what's crazy is the church becomes the same thing we've seen in the garden. The church becomes our place of sustenance. The church is designed to be a place of identity. The church is designed to be the place where the rivers flow from here and bring life out there. We are today's Eden. All of us sitting in this room are designed to be the Eden of today. We're designed to be the perfect representation, representing of heaven here on earth. And we've been given the same mandate that he gave Adam. You may know that mandate as the great commission. Then Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God told Adam, multiply, fill the earth, subdue the land. Jesus told them, Make disciples, fill the earth, and make it look like heaven. Nothing has changed from Genesis chapter two. When he spoke, Genesis chapter one, actually, when he spoke to Adam and gave him the mandate, we are still living under the same mandate today. So he said, this is the church. Just a small place of life. On an earth, it's desolate, and it's chaotic, it's lifeless, it's not, it's not green and pretty. If you took a, someone that was just so good at tending, I think of my nanny Whitmire, she can literally grow anything. And I was at her house yesterday for that birthday party, I said, nanny, I need you to come stay with me for a couple months, because I got a couple trees that don't look like they're going to make it. And I just feel like if you showed up, they would live. Because she grows everything, just our oh, whole porch is just green, covered in stuff. Any kind of plant you can think of. Matter of fact, she was trying to send some home with me. She's like, take some of these home. I said, Nanny, I don't want to do that to your plants. That's wrong. If you send them with me, they're guaranteed to die. But I just think about her and how she's so good. And when she starts, it usually looks like this. And she has one good plant. And everything else looks lifeless. But because she's a good tender, she begins to work it, cultivate it, take the time, invest in it, do so much until her house looks like this, which is what it looks like right now. But in reality, this is the church. This is the goal. Let us never forget the mandate, the mission that has been given to us by heaven. That even though Caldwell Parish may look like this right now, and it seems that there's very little life, we've been called, we've been chosen to take our designated area, the place that God has placed us in, and make it look like heaven. Make it look like the garden. Make it look like the goal. God took the Garden of Eden and placed it in a chaotic mess and chose to use unfaithful, fickle people to make all the rest of the earth look like it. I'm thinking, God, have you met us? We're not real dependable. But it was his his design that the more of the earth that began to look like the garden, the more glory he would receive. And the more that it came, and the more that it became like heaven, the more everybody would have to stand back and say, man, that was God. The scriptures in Ezekiel, I didn't read them all on the screen. But it says, then the nations, verse 36, then the nations which are left around you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will do it. God is planting a garden right here in Caldwell Parish, right here in the state of Louisiana. And he's given us the privilege and the honor to tend it. That's just exciting to me. And he said, you're the ones. You're the ones that get to make everything else. And we established that the Eden was on earth as it is in heaven. And we all know what Jesus prayed. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can stand with me this morning. So the design of the church was just to represent heaven in whatever designated area we've been placed in. We should be the place that people can look at and know that's what heaven's like. And in doing so, and in learning to go into our community and cultivate and invest and spend time in it should begin to look like this place. I hope we're not so immature that we just assume we're talking about a building and, and what we do in this place, but we're talking about the church. Jesus didn't establish a building, he just he established disciples, he established people. So the importance of reproducing disciples is found in knowing the mandate, the mission. Because we cannot tend the earth without reproducing disciples that will have the same goal and the same heart and the same mind. Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.